Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to a Big Squid presentation, Space Podacy, a limited series where comedian Ben Elwood and I discuss some of our favorite science fiction movies. Today, we continue our look at the Matrix franchise with The Matrix Reloaded. so much for joining me today as Ben Elwood and I continue our journey down the rabbit hole and discuss The Matrix Reloaded. You will hear more about my take on these movies throughout the next few podcasts, but I still have to share that I have enjoyed these movies a lot more than I did when they were first released. I think that's because I'm a little older, a little bit more mature, not much more mature, but (laughs) a little bit more mature, and... uh, probably have a greater appreciation for the joy that is to be taken out of crazy ambition. Like, it doesn't matter if it's flawed. Like, take a big swing. And these movies definitely do that. But anyway, let's not get ahead of ourselves because I'm excited to let these podcasts play out for you. A few quick things before we begin. If you're not signed up to our Patreon, you will have missed out on the crossover event of the year. The Total Reboot Boys, Alexi Toliopoulos and Cameron James, have joined with me to record a review and conversation about the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, Licorice Pizza, which all three of us loved. I might share some extra thoughts with you here when it comes out on Boxing Day, but if you want to hear a great chat about the movie, you can find that on the Big Squid Patreon. Apart from getting bonus podcasts, you receive scripts for each episode, works in progress, and you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's Patreon shout-out goes to Pamela Mawson. Hello, Pam, who has been one of the long-time listeners to Big Squid and is helping to contribute to our work here. Thank you so much, Pam, for signing up, and I hope you get a kick out of the podcast today. I'm especially excited for next year as we're going to continue to grow and add new elements to Big Squid to make certain it is always evolving and never 
stagnating. I do not want this podcast to stagnate. We're still a pretty new podcast in the grand scheme of things, and I'm wrapped with the work my friends are bringing to the table and where we plan to go next. So thank you very much, Pam. Let's get in today's podcast as we reconnect with Neo, Trinity and Morpheus as they continue to lead the revolt against the machines. As these freedom fighters continue their quest to save the human race from extinction, Neo learns more about the world he is part of and the pivotal role he has played many times over. Let's get ready to rumble with The Matrix Reloaded. Here we go. Hi, you fellas. It's him. Do we proceed? Yes. You still. Only human. All of our lives, we have fought this war. Tonight, I believe we can end it. That's a nice trick. Huh. Upgrades. Mr. Anderson. Surprised to see me? Somehow he's found a way to copy himself. Now there's more than one of them. A lot more. They're boring from the surface straight down to Zion. There is only one way to save our city. Neo. What happens if I fail? Then Zion will fall. They need you. I need you. prophecy is true what if tomorrow the war could be over isn't that worth fighting for isn't that worth dying for you know our first question normally is when did you first see this movie Mm -hmm. and uh this is I'm not only going to tell you where I first saw it, but I'm going to issue a, a bit of an apology for my mate Craig, Craig Egan. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to apologising to me. Oh, like I apologise to you all the time, <laughs> sometimes silently, for putting you through things like uh, silent, silent running, running <laughs> and then and then trying to make you uh, appreciate it. But um, <laughs> which I feel like we did. We but did. anyway, so uh, but but poor Craig. Poor Craig. I I don't know when he'll hear this because he's moving house and he's got kids. And so what I love about this is I'm not even going to tell him this is going to happen and I look forward to receiving a text message (laughs) either a week after this comes out or in about six months, whenever he gets to it. But he he loves the Matrix films. Mm -hmm. All three. Like totally into them, right? And uh, he saw this movie just before it came out. I was on the road doing a comedy festival road show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... uh, 
I wonder if anyone can hear these sirens. I won't know until uh, later on, but it really does sound full on out there. Okay, sorry, Craig. Um, <laughs> let me apologise first. So anyway, Craig had already seen it, yeah. and he was pumped. His eyeballs were like... How like, old were you guys at the time? Like, late 20s? Uh... Hang on, what what is it? Two thousand and three. Now I'm thirty. Oh, so he's late twenties, mid yeah, to late twenties, okay, right, and I'm yeah, cool. thirty one. Right, interesting. All right, yep. But you know, a young effervescent. 31. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a young thirty year old who loves pop culture. Uh, um, um, like emotionally not far removed from where I am now. <laughs> so mildly immature. So anyway, so Craig was just like, "This is fantastic. I'll go again." And went, "All right, let's go." Oh. And then we went, and I just had. A real reaction to one scene that I hated so much it ruined the film for me. Mm. Uh, we will talk about that scene. I was... Before we reveal it, I'd like to take bets on what I think it is. Down the track when yeah, you're about yeah, to get to it. Yeah, but I think okay, I know okay, which okay. Before, it is. Before I mention yeah, it, I'll, yeah, let yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you pitch. Oh, I think I know what it is. I think you know too. <laughs> but anyway, because I have... Anyway, but I was... When we came out of the film, I just could not get over that scene. I mm. And Paul Craig loved it. And I banged on about how fucking awful it was. Craig explained the scene to me. I said to Craig, and these are the exact words, nah, man, I get it. I just don't want it. (laughs) And this is the secret origin of the beginning of this version of me. I was about to say. So, because now I go out of my way not to ruin anything that my friends enjoy. Mm. And and if if someone asks my opinion... Uh, I'll give it, but I will couch it in gentle terms, not to ruin someone else's, uh, you know, enjoyment of a film. Mm. And if nobody asks me, like if I'm if I'm in a room with three assholes that like the Shape of Water, <laughs> and nobody asks me what I think, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a there's, there's a moment, and maybe uh, maybe maturity is too far to go, but there's a moment where you kind of realise of like a lot of that. Because I, I used to do that as well. Like, come yeah. out of a movie and go, that was shit, and just fucking rail and rail and rail. Basically, what two-thirds of the internet is um, monetized yeah. to do these days. Yeah. You know, that fucking cinema sins garbage. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Here's the 35 worst things about it. Really? Shut up. Make something good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there's a real kind of smarty pants vibe to that. Yes. And I think that the more comfortable you get with yourself as you get a bit older... Uh, and appreciate that it's fine. Like, people can yeah. love the things they love, even if I don't love them. Yeah. Um, there's not that same kind of motivation to rail and, and destroy someone else's experience. It's like right. when I used to, we, I, I, you, and I still do this, I, I, I love getting into long, hour-long conversations with street-side preachers. I love it. Um, uh, and But when I was younger, it was very much the mission of, like, I'm going to, con- you know, as, as much as they were trying to convince me yeah. that I should convert to Christianity, it was my mission to convert them to realize that it was all dumb and that they should give it up and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then flash forward, I got into uh, a long one the other day with a guy called Benjamin uh, in Newtown. Uh, And it was probably one of the best conversations I've had all year. We talked for like a good hour back and forth and we couldn't have been more polar opposite, but we really really liked each other. Uh, And he kept kind of like saying after I'd make a point, he's like, mate, you're not going to convince me. I'm like, dude- the last thing I want to do is convince you because yeah. then what's my responsibility? Yeah. After after I convince you that everything you've believed in your whole life is a crock of shit, yeah. that, where does that leave you? Yeah. And then I'm just going to walk away? Like, that's fucking Merry awesome. Christmas. Yeah, bye. <laughs> 
that's horrible. Like, please. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just enjoying this healthy debate, but I yeah. by no means want the responsibility of converting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, so I'm so glad that I've uh, pulled down your operating system yeah. for your life and uh, uh, good luck finding something new. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried heroin? <laughs> Which is, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that's, uh, well, look, that's, he did talk about that, you know, yeah. that Christianity had saved him from a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, well, you know did what? a good job. Have at it, man. Yeah. If it works for you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so Craig Egan, mm. I'm sorry, mate. You deserve better because you had a really good time watching that film and I was an asshole. But that moment. <laughs> Made me the fucking winner I am now. So there you go, Craig. Do you know what Craig's uh, yeah. Craig's opinion has changed Craig, over Craig's, the years? Craig's the Joe Chill in uh, in my secret origin, <laughs> but instead of killing my family, he just had the audacity to say that he liked this second film. <laughs> and um, by the way, I really enjoyed this heaps more, like heaps yeah. more than I remembered. Yeah, like stacks of heaps more. But I still hate that scene. Can I just guess what it is now? Yeah, of course. It's the rave. Oh, mate, the cave rave. The cave rave is just... just, Look, the thing about both of these movies, Revolutions and Reloaded, is I can't, you know, hand on my heart say they're great movies because I don't think they are. But they are so filled with ambition and big swings and truly original visions, um, you know, realised with special effects that... I can't. I, I, I do love them. Yeah. Like I do. Kind. I, I have a lot of deep affection for these films. Yes. Would I be happy if the Matrix One just was the Matrix One and it was a self-contained story? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to, to me, this is more like you know Muppet, the Muppet Babies version of the Matrix, where right. it's like, oh, you know, and here's the continuing chapters if you're interested. But really, like, it's all good. Yeah. You don't need to go further than the first Matrix. Yeah. Uh, I think, unfortunately. Both Reloaded and Revolutions uh, undermine some of the best aspects of the first film. Yes. Um, and that's to their detriment. I think the fatal flaw of both movies, particularly the third one that we'll get to next week, is that you spend way too much time with boring characters that you don't care about. Like, I don't care about those people in Zion. Right. I don't need to spend an hour of film with them. Right. I'm here for Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus. Yeah. Um, but... When you, especially 20 years later, when you look at them in contrast to these fucking cookie cutter blockbusters where yeah. every special effects scene is pre-vised yeah. a year before the movie comes out and you could just kind of, you know, scrub out Black Panther and replace him with Chang Chi and it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's all just pixels, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some, there's some shots in this that looks like, look like Renaissance paintings. They're, oh, they're amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it holds on the action. Yeah. You actually see, you know, I mean, and that, and that lends itself to the whole bullet time thing and, and the slowing of time. Um, but you know, there's, there's too much good, juicy stuff in these films to completely, uh, can them, shit can them yes. all together. And I think I'm just better at, you know, if something happens in a film that you're not into, mm. it, it doesn't necessarily devalue the whole film. It's no. just a scene you could have, uh, done without. Where, where did you first see this film? I saw it at George Street, uh, cinema in 2003, like day one. Yeah. And I like, to be honest, I, it, Fucking blew my mind. Right, it blew my mind. I can't. I can't remember how I reacted to Cave Rave. Um, that would. That maybe that was some contempt that kind of came later. But I mean, I was what? It was like 2003, so it was four years yeah. after the match. I was like 23 years old. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and in the years prior to Reloaded, The Matrix had become incredibly popular. That's uh, popular, uh, important to me. Like that's, you know, when I'd started getting, <laughs> first started smoking weed yeah. and it was Lord of the Rings and Matrix alternated. Yeah, right. That's all I would do was get yeah. high and watch The Matrix over and over and over again and had that real kind of early 2000s cliched kind of reaction like, whoa, yeah. what if reality? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All the stuff now that would be some meme that you'd roll your eyes at, but it really affected me on that level. So when Reloaded came out, I was working at Starbucks at the time time and the whole crew went after work to see it and i still remember watching certain sequences that 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 big burly brawl where he fights uh 80 90 smiths yes and look it sounds so ridiculous saying it now because you look at it and it's like well it's clearly you know video game cutscene, computer generated but i remember at the time you got to remember 20 years ago that Something like that had never been seen before. Nah, it's awesome. It's Dude, awesome now. I remember sitting there convinced <laughs> that they were all real people. That sounds right. so crazy. I could not- Like, lookalikes? I didn't know how the fuck it was happening. I, yeah. just, I just remember sitting there, like, my eyes bugging out of my head going, what? How is this yeah. happening? Yeah. Because they look real. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and even now, like again, you can see the the plastic CG sheen to it. But those characters have weight. Oh my! When Lord. they're running around, jumping on each other, they don't look like they're just floating in space. No. And and you know, I think these movies are really, you know, I've banged on a lot in this podcast about my distaste for CG. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, it re- it really shows you how if CG is used in a particular way where weight and density is yes. there it's it's that rubbery kind of floating in space stuff that looks terrible yeah but, yeah you and know I, I like it when cg's used in a way where you know they like do, do you remember when you first saw the bat in the dark knight rises and mm. it was it was being carried by a truck and a crane as yeah, it yeah, moved yeah. around and then you used the cgi to take it out yeah totally great yeah, yeah, like yeah that's yeah. you know yeah. to to remove and uh, if you can add weight now Augment. that we after that uh oh, i should have posted that on uh, the big squid facebook page i think i'll uh, i'll go back and do that later this weekend um mm. the denny villeneuve uh lights oh the thing and, that i sent you yeah, yeah it's great yeah. right and it's fantastic it just shows you how it can be done yeah and you know obviously there's sequences in this that are all cg you know yeah. that that battle uh definitely has a turn where it's like oh okay well, there's no humans anymore this is just pixels um but it still looks better than a lot of stuff that's coming out now oh i completely agree it yeah still is- look, because there's a craft and, and yes. artistry to it it's not just blah 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 cut 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 well this is this is what i mean about i i allowed the the cave rave to bum me out <laughs> uh and like the rest of the films like the majority of it i think is Great. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's a cool quest. I mean, look, we, I'm sure we'll get into issues, and there are issues. Yeah. But, yes, in the main, I can't I hate it. I don't think it's a great movie, particularly in contrast with the perfection of the original Matrix. Right. Uh, but it does not deserve the shit that it gets. No. I reckon it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah like, just, like, yeah. like, really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's just like, again, it's just that thing of, like, the Matrix is perfect. Yes. So, and I, you know, and that's probably what a lot of the backlash against these two movies are is that you know that inevitable contrast. Yeah. Uh, I just there's just a there's a few things that 
could could have been added and subtracted yeah. to tip this over into being great. Oh, yeah. No, no. I totally agree. Well, look, uh, let's uh, just uh, do some of these top uh, segments uh, to give us a bit of context. Uh, Google me, Chuck. The mm. top three responses when you Google the Matrix Reloaded. Is Matrix and Matrix Reloaded same? Good to see. People are very good at writing uh, full sentences. Is Matrix Reloaded the second one? What is the story of Matrix Reloaded? So nothing really, but they're the questions that people are asking. Uh, First context, these are some of the sci-fi movies that came out before and after. So in 98, you had Deep Impact. In 99, you had Deep Blue Sea. I took my grandpa to see that. Still, I, you know, I got a stand-up routine out of that movie. Can I, have I told you my, what happened with, when I took my grandpa to see that? No. It's one of the funny... Like, spoiler alert for um, Deep Blue Sea, if you haven't seen it. Fuck You've off. had 22 years. Yeah, you've had 22 years. Um, the, 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 the classic moment where Samuel L. Jackson gets taken out. That's where my routine comes oh, from. That's when, my, that's when my grandpa yeah. freaked out. Right. So, so, it's the big... So, if anyone, for anyone that doesn't remember or hasn't seen it, there's a moment where Samuel L. Jackson's making the great rousing speech of, we're going to survive this. Yeah. And because he's Samuel L. Jackson, you're like, cool, he's the main character. Yeah. And then a giant... By the way, sorry, this is halfway through the film. Is it? It's like a quarter of the way. It's like early. Well, it's, it's really early. Yeah, it's very yeah, early yeah. on. Uh, and then the this giant CGI shark jumps out of the water and bites him in half. And it's so shocking and... The audience erupted into laughter. Everyone yeah. was just like that real kind of like stunned, yeah. shocked. Like, yeah. And because my, gra- <laughs> my grandpa was an incredibly sincere person and didn't have, um, you know, English was his second language. So he didn't often get a lot of kind of American irony when the audience, <laughs> when the audience started laughing. He literally stood up, turned around and started yelling at the audience going, it's a tragedy. Why are you laughing? He was a good man. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. And I'm like, whatever I am, like 18, 19, like, Greg, shut the fuck down. Oh, my Lord. That is really <laughs> funny. That is really funny. I remember, because that, that's a movie about where they try to um, uh, find a cure for Alzheimer's and they that's experiment right. on sharks yeah, and they become yeah, yeah. super smart. That's and right. I, I had a routine that used to be, because, you know, like, I remember sitting in the cinema and <laughs> he's gone and you're like, but where's 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 Samuel Jackson? Like why? Like he's the guy that I came to see, and yeah. now he's. So anyway, I used to do a routine about how I wish that shark had turned up in other movies. So you know, classic kind of idea. You know, turn it into a routine, and it was yeah. a lot of uh, look at me, I'm the king of the raw. Yeah. <laughs> a shark coming out. Anyway, life's like a box of opens up, but the shark comes out raw. Anyway, uh, so Deep Blue Sea 2000, we had X Men, which is interesting because yeah. we go from spandex to looking like they're in the matrix yeah uh, 2001 vanilla sky not a great film but interesting i loved that film and i haven't seen it since then and i was actually talking to our buddy alexi about that who uh in his very alexi i was like dude it's great so i'm very keen to rewatch that oh ah, okay i didn't dislike it i just don't remember being as wowed mm. by it as I think I wanted to be. Okay. Uh, but I'd be up for another rewatch. Uh, Solaris, 2002, 2004, The Day After Tomorrow, and 2005, The Island. Do you remember The Island? Oh, the Luke DiCaprio film? Nah, it's... Uh, oh, I know what you're thinking about. No, this is Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. No. Yeah, it's a Michael Bay... I think it's a Michael Bay film. But uh, one is. of those ones where mm. you go, oh, I like both these actors, and you go, hmm. Uh, segment Overshadowed the- by Bayhem. Yeah, the uh, segment, the year that was, 2003 movies, you get Dreamcatcher, Hulk, 
Ang Lee's oh, Hulk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, oh, yeah, X2, yeah, yeah. X2 and, is fucking great. and The Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, right. Uh, so one of the aspects of this movie that I, I don't really get into as much is, and I'm really curious to know what you think, is the... Um, the world building of Zion. Oh, it sucks. Uh, okay. Sorry, it because, sucks. Because <laughs> I know this movie is set at an unspecified moment in the future, but I just always pictured Zion to be a little bit more sparse, and it's just a little bit yeah. more advanced than... Like, it, like it, it doesn't quite line up with the logic that I felt that I had in the first film. Yeah, it's... um. Look, that. Let, let's be honest. That whole 40 minutes in Zion is rough Mm. you know not only is it strangely timed like this is three years after the matrix Mm. uh and then we get kind of a fairly underwhelming little zoom zoom with neo and a couple of agents Mm. in the first few minutes and then we proceed kind of like a little reminder here's a little taste and you like that which is fine which just kind of you know Uh, yeah and i'm not not a it's not a bad thing. Like you know, when I do a routine, I'll give a, I'll give some family favourites out, and yeah, then I'll, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> then I'll bring in the heavy hitters. Well, look, I think the best part of that sequence is him zooming off into the clouds. That's fucking cool. Uh, but then we spend forty minutes in Zion with what I would say is some fairly fucking boring first year philosophy one hundred and one stuff. You know, the machines are our enemy, but conversely. We rely on machines. Uh, all right. Um, yes. Come on, bud. And, and, you know, <laughs> and it's being delivered by, again, just characters that we don't know, we haven't met. There's that, that, that element of what the fuck is going on mm. that you have that hooks you in for the first half an hour of the first Matrix is just not there. Suddenly everything is, is exposed to the light. We've got characters that have very little charisma, uh, who are that you know that kid character is just cloying and irritating. Right. Uh, the, the 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 senators or the elders are just kind of doddering and old and boring. Morpheus's performance is ropey as fuck. He, like, it is the strangest. Zion, hear me. What are you doing? Like what is happening? Why are you talking like that? You Morpheus talks like this. Not you believe what I believe. Well, that's part of what oh I hate about the cave raid because I feel like he's everybody get your glow sticks out. Dude. We're popping pills, dude. Zion, take, take the red pill, take the blue pill, <laughs> take the green pill, take all the pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. There's just a lot of stuff in there where you're like, oh, 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 you know, and, and, and even that scene. I mean, obviously, it's setting up stuff for the second movie, but I argue that the stuff in the second movie is also boring and irrelevant. But, you know, the stuff with the family, you know, like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't have taken on the role on the Nebuchadnezzar. I'm worried about you. Here's some charms. I don't give a shit. No one gives a shit. Like, I, and, I, I, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to be one of those guys that's like some teenager going, just get to the fucking bullet time, zoom, zoom, zoom. No, but, like, I, we don't need 40 minutes of slow motion, bad kind of early 2000s acting. Yeah. I'm not into it. So I, I feel like part of the problem with this is that I, I think you could have introduced all of these characters, but they have to be introduced in relationship to the main characters. Yeah. So then, like, you know, you like you could have made made that part of the story. You could have made that Morpheus's wife. If you yeah. wanted to, you know. That so then you go, something. oh, okay. So he's leaving this woman behind and this child behind. And so, th- so 
So this yeah. digs into my next question yeah. for you, which is, uh, which relates to this. There's a missed opportunity in this film with Morpheus being such a believer. He is willing to put people in danger to fulfill his beliefs in this, uh, you know, so, you know, like in this case, he leaves one ship, to stay behind to contact the Oracle, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Mm. And I think, um, you know, if we'd, if we'd seen he had a family, mm. which I'm not... By the way, I'm not even really into that as an idea, mm. but if, if you're going to flesh him out and give him a family, I feel like that would give us a sense of, well... Because what, what this, these movies get to a place where it's interesting, where you start to wonder about the divide, and we'll talk more about right. this. I've got uh, for the third film. I've got. I, I want to really dig into the Oracle for the for the yeah, yeah, third yeah, podcast. Sure. Yeah. But the the divide between who's right and wrong and good and evil is starts to be superseded as these movies yeah. uh, progress. And yeah. I feel like there's a missed opportunity with Morpheus, 100%. who we believe in a hundred percent, but we also. Uh, like, should we? Like, you know, the doubt should be put in our the heads. The doubt should be put in your head, because especially when they're, especially when they're expressing all these other philosophical ideas, so I would say uh, ham-fistedly and obviously, uh, you know, like that's a huge avenue that should be explored. You know, mm. like you've got this guy that is ranting about. Um, control systems, mm. who himself is a dogmatic control system, yes. and who. As you say, if he had a family, well, then he's uh, he's putting something of his own life on the line. At this point, he's just like a general pushing cannon fodder out right. to do his bidding based on what is basically just religious fanaticism. Like, right. there's no... You know, I mean, you know, I believe the Oracle. Well, the Oracle is a fucking program. So, yes. how do you know that the Oracle... Like, you don't know anything, bro. I mean, at this yeah. point, you don't even know if Zion is not another level of the Matrix, which right. I kind of think it is. Yes. Um, I think it's Matrix is all the way down. Oh, well, yeah, but you know, that, like that to me, like if if we find out in this fourth film mm. that none of that actually existed, mm. I would actually feel more comfortable with that. So I, I think hindsight, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, I hope so. Because yeah. it's, once again, I just, the, the way that it's kind of set up, mm. it's it goes from a, like, I don't know about you, but in that first film, I was like, oh, it's these guys on the ship and maybe there's a couple of others yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. But then suddenly it's this thriving community yeah, that millions of people. loves to fucking get down with a bit of doof-doof. <laughs> like, what is happening? And they're all so hot. Where are all the where are all the people like me at the cave rave? Where's me? Where's me sitting in the corner too awkward to dance? <laughs> yeah. Where's, where's me taking advantage of all the snacks while everyone's dancing? <laughs> So anyway, hear me! Oh, <laughs> like, like from that moment, it's just like the way my skin rippled across my oh. spine. It's like, what is happening? I got it's, it's like in the, for the last twenty years, there's not a week of my life where I don't hear Zion hear me in that in that excruciating way in my head. Well, it's, it's it's one of those lines that's just imprinted in my. It's just so. It's one of the most poorly delivered lines of all time. What are you doing? We you are the coolest guy on earth, bro. We spent two hours with you being the coolest motherfucker, walking around with his hands behind his back, sunglasses, talking like this the whole time, completely restrained. And then he, what are you doing? This yeah. awful Shakespearean, like high school Shakespearean acting. You know what line is stuck in my head is um, is you know my like, I love Hugh Jackman, like I love him. 
but the moment in uh, the prestige when he's reading uh, the notes and it reveals that he doesn't know which knot he tied and he has that moment where he goes, How can what does he not know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hugh Jackman for me has trouble uh, sometimes expressing anger because I feel like Hugh Jackman is a nice guy. <laughs> and he, but uh, anyway, um, I like Neo as the reluctant messiah. Like, I like, yes, I like that that, yes. that he has doubt. Uh, but once again, I would have gladly forfeited a rave scene so we could see a little bit more. Like, it's funny. We see this moment where people are reacting to him and um, it's, it's, I don't know, like that to me is the more interesting part. Like, mm-hmm. I would I would like to have seen some people believing in him. I would like to have seen more people not believing in him and finding him a bit scary. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have known how the apocrypha about his exploits That's have gotten out. Like, like, he's been on this... Sh- so, how do these people know and what and like there should have been some exaggerations like oh do you turn into a dragon in there you know and it just seems like this is a really interesting thread that is played out with a little bit of here's some food here's some here's some flowers and we move on well it's almost like it's matrix 2.5 right there's there's another half a movie missing between Matrix and this one. Right. Because, like, I think the suggestion is that he's been Neo for, like, a year or so. It's like six months, isn't yeah, it? Some yeah. time has passed. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of the holes that feel like they're in this film, remember the context of this when it was first released, and, like, you can't floor the ambition. It, it's no. it's really cool yeah. what, they, what they did. But this was released in conjunction with a series called The Animatrix. Yes. Uh, which was a series of nine cartoons, which were kind of like stories within the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, and that was supposed to flesh out the world. Yeah. And then in conjunction as well was a video game, I yes. think, Into the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character and the, her, her sidekick, I can't remember his name, um, it's their exploits. So the video game covers them. Yeah. And it ties directly in with Reloaded. Yes. So, which is cra- like, what a crazy, it's crazy. ambitious it's, idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was way ahead of its way time. Way ahead of its time time uh multi-platform yeah. full engagement uh movie. and i love this like you know yeah, like what a what a great way to it's great. do this but there's so there's moments like um the 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 shot where morpheus gets punched off the back of the truck yeah and suddenly niobe's there and catches him on the bonnet of her car yeah that's a mission in the game oh right in the game you're cr- like screaming down the highway to get behind the truck at the exact moment that Morpheus gets punched right, off. Right, And then uh, later on when she's dispatched to blow up the power plant and you see none of it, you just see her standing out the power plant and it blows up. That's a mission in the game. Yeah, right. So it's all threaded through and then there were scenes from the movie and the game and added shots and blah, 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 blah. And that was cool at the time, but 20 years later where you don't have the video game, it does feel like there's just not... It's like there's too much implied Yeah, and I'm not especially in contrast with so much other stuff that is being laboured yeah. um, that is, seems unnecessary, whereas... I mean, even down to one of the big things that's undermined by this film is the, the scariness of the agents. Yeah. You spend an entire film telling us, if you see an agent, run. fucking run. Yes. These things will crush you and kill you. Yeah. And then you have both Morpheus and Trinity... Taking agents on, not just agents, but what more, but Neo tells us at the beginning of the film are upgrades. So these are even more scary agents than the ones yeah. from the first Matrix. And both Morpheus is just having a like a lovely fight with him on the back of a truck. Yeah, and I guess the implication is maybe Neo's taught 
Morpheus and Trinity how to hack the Matrix a bit more than they could before, so now they can fight right. agents. Even a line. But all of a sudden, I'm seeing Morpheus fighting an agent, and I'm like, but wait a second. You spent a good portion of last movie saying these things are absolute killers yeah. run for your life. Yeah. And in fact, the entire beautiful conclusion of the matrix is neo is the only one that can stop these yeah. programs they're yeah. so dangerous only neo can stop them yeah and suddenly you know morpheus are doing backflips on the back of a truck it's like what's what's going on well he's fueled by cave rave like you can't <laughs> underestimate once you've had a cave rave you can just do anything agents hear me <laughs> <laughs> oh, i will man. say the opening shot of trinity diving out the window is Outstanding! Oh, yeah. It looks fucking cool. Like, it makes no sense, but, you know, what was her plan? <laughs> yeah, like like it's... Look, it make, her plan makes no sense. I'm going to dive out of a skyscraper and live. Yeah. And also the agent makes no plan. It's like, she's dead, bro. You don't have to jump out and you chase her. You don't have to her. jump out. Like, like this, is, this is how it works. How, how have you guys all forgotten how this works? You know, I just think there is, you know, as you said, that stuff about uh, the machines are evil, but we still need them. It's like, uh, oh, but come on. it's like there is just... Like, even for a, uh, a Messiah story mm. like this one that we have with Neo, it's still a relatable uh, everyday story, which is we are often confined by the expectations of others mm. and the people we're surrounded by. Mm. And how do you overcome that? And that's a really, yeah. that's a really hard thing. Often, uh, you know what it's like. Often when you're hanging out with people, they'll react to what they think you're going to react to. Yeah. You know, how how often has someone sort of said, oh, don't bring up such and such. Ben will get upset. Uh, yeah. Oh, don't bring up this with Hammer. Oh, he'll yeah. get on the front foot and you're sitting there with half a sandwich in your mouth going, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, this is like... more than a two-dimensional caricature. <laughs> yes. Guess, like, like, I am capable of upgrading. I just apologise for being shitty about a fucking movie 18 <laughs> years ago. You know, it's... Um, yeah. So I just... Wished we if if we were going to go into this world a little bit more, I I would like to have seen more of the struggle of Neo to have a mission, try to work out what he's doing, having adoration, mm. having people scared of him. You know, like yeah. that should be a part of it. Having people question, you know, like yeah. everything that would happen with a messiah. Yeah. Uh, you, you kind of need to explore all well, of that. Well, I think they try to manifest that through the characters of um, Morpheus and that awful judge, Commander Locke. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Which is just like, what is this performance? Oh, my Lord. Uh, uh, just awful. Uh, like not, it's like uh, the dialogue's been written by Stan Lee. Everything yeah. comes with three exclamation marks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really is, right? It's like, yeah. you know, New Gods, Jack Kirby dialogue. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, it's that glancing over these issues. But um, look... It's not like the first Matrix is a subtle movie, so I just no. don't think that these the the the, the Wachowskis um, at the time, who knows now, I don't know, uh, were capable of that kind of subtlety. Yeah. So when they went for you know the the um, these more complex ideas that were trying to open the world up, yeah, it just um, it's a shame because it's like you know yeah. it's an iteration of the. This movie that's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Look, there, and there are lots of interesting ideas. Uh, Agent Smith being infected by Neo and cut off from the Matrix. That's an interesting mm. uh, idea. Uh, what, what do you think of that, especially with his ability to enter the real world? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Yeah. You know, see, it's, it's it's little flourishes like that that I think are um, that work really well. And again, it's like I like that because it's not. It's just. In, it just happens and there's no explanation. There's no like 10 minutes of, did you know that an agent, if he inhabits the body of a, it just, ha- and like, yeah. you, just, you know, as soon as he puts his head against that phone, it goes, it's like, uh oh, he's yeah. in the real world now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the guy doing the um, Hugo weaving impressions a bit, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's going for it. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> may as well go for it. Hello. Yeah. But it's uh, like, that's a tough one. Yeah. You know that's a uh, it, it, it's it's tough to okay. We need you to be like this wonderful actor yeah. who's been doing a very specific performance. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather he goes for it than hundred uh, oh, um, percent. But yeah, I like that. I love the idea. Like I love the disgust that he has with being infected with mm. this rotting meat. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I love all of that and. Um, I also love the uh, the reveal of the Oracle being part of the Matrix mm. as well because uh, – and once again, I've, I've got a whole lot of stuff for our third – because these movies yeah, yeah, are yeah. kind of – Same movie. Same movie. Uh, I've got more about that there. But it was something that when I was watching the first one, it's like, well, hang on, I- aren't you a program as yeah. well? Like, how do you fit into that? Yeah. And I-, I quite like that reveal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but I mean, I th- you know, it's it's really the it's really the Oracle's understanding or um, ability to predict what's going to happen, not just in the Matrix, but in Zion, mm. the real world, that makes me think that Zion is another form. How, how does a program know what's going to happen in quote unquote reality? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and also the the revelation that this is the sixth time yeah. this has happened. Yeah. You know, uh, my question for you with that is, is so have there been six, like, is this the sixth version of Keanu Reeves or has there been other, like, people in pods? Yeah, I don't know. I, I always interpreted it as that there were six iterations of, yeah, it was just, you know, the anomaly manifested in the brain of yeah. a random person in a pod. and Yeah, so it could have been, like, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, in yeah, the yeah. third one, you know? <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Could have been Little yeah. Orphan Annie. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually be quite up for a little orphan matrix. <laughs> little orphan Annie gets infected and has to be the one. Uh, I had here, like, where do you rate that? I mean, you've already kind of talked about it, so I reckon highly. But uh, the Neo versus all of the Agent Smiths fight. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's like, like obviously it's dated, but it hasn't dated as badly as some other stuff from I, that era. Like, like you know, honestly, the only thing that looks a bit ropey is the occasional shots where you can, like, they've got um, extras that aren't Hugo Weaving. Right, right. <laughs> I guess they were, they, they were, they were um, assuming that, and it's true at the time, who even noticed it because you were so overwhelmed by the, yeah. by the vision. Um, but you know, watching it um, with a with a uh, an eye that's seen it many times before, he's like, that's not Hugo Weaving. That's a guy that with a Hugo Weaving mask or a Hugo Weaving haircut yeah but you know like it's almost that that imperfection is almost cute and sweet well you know you can you can just say that iteration was just a bit wonky yeah 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 you (laughs) know so you can you can pass it off but yeah i I reckon it's great and uh you know i love i love the fact that when they all get knocked over the sound of bowling pins happens that's hilarious really funny (laughs) really funny and uh like as someone who has already said to you that i was not into the flying uh at the end of the first one but because he can yeah 
it's weirdly I'm fine with it in the second yeah. or third one. But that, but that reaction was the first time I saw the film. If he can fly, he looks great. Should. Should Keanu Reeves have been Superman? He would have been great. He would have been fantastic. Such a soulful Superman. Oh, my God. I mean, even that bit of CG still looks great. Amazing. Where he, like, in the clouds. Oh. Looks cool. Looks really cool. Uh, uh, I'm going to get and this. And it's interesting because, you know, like, a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, or there was at the time, you know, a lot of criticism um, of, you know, if you could always have just flown off, why did he bother fighting a hundred Smiths? And I always thought at the time was like, well, that's stupid because then you wouldn't get that cool sequence. But it actually feeds into the entire point of that relationship in the long run. You just can't see it until the third movie. Yeah. Why he feels the need to fight the Hundred Smiths. Yeah. Because see, he's still in Punch Punch Land. Yeah. Where he thinks that he can win by (laughs) punching his demons. Yeah. You can't, spoiler alert. He's also, (laughs) yeah, it's also learning as well. Like, and also, like, it's just cool. Yeah, it's cool. (laughs) Um, is it uh, Merovingian? The Merovingian. Merovingian. Uh, I couldn't remember if the G was pronounced. Uh, the Merovingian and Persephone storylines are fun, mm. also mildly confusing. We know they're a rogue program with an agenda of its own, mm. but there is also a lot of human emotions at play, including jealousy and suspicion. What are we to make of these rogue programs exhibiting such human behavior? Uh, that to me just kind of, um, it's that it's you know it's like the 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 um the program's going native right you know i think right. it's just they've lived in the in the matrix for so long that, yeah. you know they've just adopted the trappings of you know like they've obviously as the merovingian bangs on and on and on about uh you know everyone has their role to play and yeah. everyone is a victim of causality uh but you know like well they're kind of infected in 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 a way the like Agent Smith is yeah. right. Yeah, I think they've just they, you know they're, they're they're playing their roles out, but you know why not have a little bit of fun along yeah. along the way? Because it's clearly a game. Like when Persephone um, betrays the Merovingian, yeah, it's it's not like it's a real betrayal. It's like no. he's seen he's you know it's like oh here she goes again, yeah, just doing what she does at this point in the in this cycle, yeah. You know, betraying me and trying to make out with the one, and you know, yeah. it's all very kind of expected. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's I kind th- of fascinating, isn't it? That these uh, that once again, this is one of the things I do like that mm. the revelation that this is the sixth time that we've gone through this yeah, uh, yeah, means yeah. some of these programs have had some experience. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and like any kind of like consciousness or whatever you want to call it, they're just you know a byproduct of that accumulation of experiences. Yeah. I mean, my question is, what would happen if he did kill Neo? Right. Like that. Like that. I mean, that's my question all the way through the movie. Of like, you, you guys are trying really hard to take not just the Merovingian, the agents, everyone. Yeah. They're yeah. trying really fucking hard to take him out. What happens if you do? Right. The whole plan falls apart, like of him, you know, finding the architect and, right. you know, all of it. So well, then I guess the matrix collapses in on itself, right? But then so, isn't that counterintuitive and counterproductive well, to their goal? That's why the Oracle well, that's keeps why the, yeah. pushing yeah, yeah, and, right. and makes these others believe it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, because they need, they need all of this to happen. Yeah. Um, Which again, like, it just like I'm not, I'm not, I don't even necessarily mean it's like, ooh, look at that. It's like a, a, a site like Cinema Sins would go, oh, see, we caught you out, it's dumb. But it, to me, it just opens up all these other questions yeah. of like, well, 
you know, again, is, is Zion real? Yeah, and how close is this, all of this to collapsing in on itself, yeah. even if they've won? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and again, as the second movie opens up, the third movie opens up, all these questions of what is winning anyway. What yeah. does it even mean? Uh, have you ever eaten a piece of cake or any meal that has made you want to orgasm? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was bringing those pies over the last few weeks. Good. Come on. Yeah. We were eating, uh, what were we eating? Chocolate chocolate peanut pie? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, that was some of the most delicious pies I've ever eaten. Like, it was actually too much. That's um that that's why you know that that's why I couldn't be a stoner because I would be massive. <laughs> yeah. I would be massive because it just makes food even more delicious, yeah. and I already enjoy food. Yeah, man. Well, since I've uh, since I've become a teetotaler, yeah. Uh, may I say that my junk food consumption has skyrocketed. Oh, really? Dude, not not the other way around? No. I was actually very disciplined when I was off my head all the time. Oh, no. Because it was that thing of like, you know, oh, you know where you go. Whereas now it's like, oh, there's still a hole that needs to be filled. Yeah. And if it's not going to be booze and drugs, then I guess it's going to have to be chocolate peanut pie. Like that. (laughs) Sorry, I I just came. Um, And that was just you talking about. Um, So, uh, the key maker, another rogue program whose usefulness has come to an end and has chosen to hide in the Matrix rather than be deleted. Uh, My take on the key maker. Mm. So, long time fans of my work will know that I fucking hate printers and I like if I was in Doctor Who printers would be my Daleks and I have I have wailed on some printers in my life before I became Zen and I've actually been living in harmony with a printer for, for the last few years and I reward myself way too much for it Do you know what I mean like when I see that printer without any dents in it and no fist marks I, I have too much pride in that but anyway uh, the keymaker to me reminds me of on my computer, there's an old printer program that I, I have to keep updating because I can't delete it. Like, I just can't, I can't get rid of it. What? And I've even had people say, oh, yeah, now, now it's gone and then something won't be working and then I'll find this. It's fucking there and I have to upgrade it again. And that to me is the keymaker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> an old fucking computer program, yeah. that printer program that I, I can't li- get rid of. I think that's literally what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster. Uh, I do like the keymaker, though. Yeah, he's a sweet character. He reminds, for some reason, he reminds me of like a Jim Henson character. Oh, yeah. He's a little yeah, voice yeah. and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. And just kind of all the, you know, um, what's that? Dead data from the Goonies. Oh, Always yeah. Just with, the, with the, just the right tool at any given time. At any given time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, once again, it's uh, fascinating that you're seeing all these programs as people. Like, you know, the only program that you really come into contact with is Agent Smith and the first one, and mm. now you're meeting all these programs yeah, yeah, that yeah. all have their own little thing going, yeah. which also brings up the question of what does it mean to be alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, obviously uh, they get into a little bit with the th- in the third film with the... Yeah. Uh, with the whatever her name is, Safty. Safty, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some stuff on Safty yeah. uh, coming up. Yep. Uh, but there's rumours that she's in the new film. Well, I mean, do we want to talk about her briefly for a second, or are we just going to leave that for the third? We can talk about her now and get back to it. Well, actually, it, it, it's brought up in this in this yeah. film uh, at the end when. Um, Nick- One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He was talking to the architect. He's referencing the mother of the Matrix. And he's yeah. like, if I'm the father, she is undoubtedly mother. Well, that's the and oracle. No, I don't think it is. Oh, I'm ne- sure he says the oracle. No, he doesn't say it because Neo goes the oracle. Right. And then it cuts to the uh, architect and he just rolls his eyes and goes, please. Right. I think it's Safdie. Oh, okay. I think Safdie's right. the mother. And that just jumping way ahead to the end of the third film. Yeah. With the beautiful sunrise, the Oracle says to Safdie, did you do that? Oh, yes, she's of like, course. Yeah, I made right, that. right, right. So right. I think Safdie's the mother of the Oracle and then the Oracle is a whole other thing. So is Safdie being reborn as well? Is that what we're getting with I her? Know. I don't know. Because there, there's a program trying to get her, like hide her. Yes. That's her, her father. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I do think that she is the mother of the Matrix. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I've got some squid bits Which on Which would make Safdie. sense, the child, yeah. you know, the creative energy of a child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the, the, the Oracle is her own kind of thing. She's doing yeah. her own thing. Well, she kind of works out what's going... Like, she's working things out emotionally mm. to keep things moving forward, and the yeah. architect is just... You know, creating, just creating, yeah. rebuilding, etc. Yeah. Right. Um, I enjoyed the car chase a lot more this time. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Come on. Where do the twins rank on the villain uh, list? I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the twins, to be honest. They're a little bit too. Too. Uh, it, it, it kind of. It, it, uh, so. Oh, sorry, you finish because I, I I think I know where you're going to go with <laughs> Look, it. Look, they're, they're, I think they're too early two thousands kind of like. Or, you know, The Crow or whatever. Just, like, too stylized. Also, on the behind-the-scenes featurette, there's an interview with the twins that, as actors, and they're cocks. And so, I, every, oh, t- no. every time I hear them talk, I'm like, they're, they're just so, like, we're in the Matrix. I'm like, yeah, right. all right, buddy. All right. I, I get it. That's what yeah. you would be like in 2002, being cast in the Matrix. It's it's fine. To be honest, when it starts getting into, like, every time you've heard a story about werewolves, vampires, ghosts, that's a glitch in them. I'm like, oh, don't, yeah. don't bring werewolves and vampires no, don't. into like, it. Why, 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 why'd you say that? Yeah, like, yeah, like, just... I'm good with just, like, we don't need to bring werewolves into it. Yeah, no, just, like, <laughs> they're just stories. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're, not everything has to be the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I accept the cat. <laughs> yeah, but even the cat, like, you know, it's like, so every time th- there's a deja vu, it manifests as a black cat shaking itself? No, it's not every time, but it's but just, it's, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, every time you have deja vu, it's a glitch. See, as someone, again, as someone who's never had deja vu, I'm like, what? Is it a, is it a black cat every time? Mate, I'm having deja vu now. I feel like we've had this conversation six times before. We have. Yeah. (laughs) 
But, you know, the villains are, they're just a little bit too mystical. Like, yeah. there is, it's kind of like, once again, the first film sets up the rules so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you can understand agents getting away with existing in the Matrix mm. and us not being quite aware of them. They fit the mystique of mm. the men in black mm-hmm. to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Whereas these guys just floating around and they're just a bit too much of a well, and upgrade. Uh- and it's like, well, what's what's everyone on this? Like, what what's happening to everyone in the Matrix who's driving down this street? Oh, they're all fucked. Like, they're all waking up going, oh, no, pull it out of my throat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, fuck, I'm in this glute. Jesus Christ, what's happening here? Yeah, like, yeah, you know? Shot down the chute. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think it's also, I think they're all too shot emotional. Down the chute. Yeah. I think they're all too, like, they're too emotional in the sense of, like, you know, I mean, Hugo Weaving uh, threads such a beautiful needle in the first movie of being just on the edge of <laughs> yeah, yeah. mustachio. Yeah. And he does it, like, it, it's so, it's one of the fucking great, performances Mate, it is a bullseye yeah. that is a it's smaller than a one cent yeah, piece and he nails he it nails it uh and 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 that's why it's so powerful towards the end of that film where he loses it yeah it's like, i have to get out of here yes <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Go, it, it, it stinks yeah uh, yeah <laughs> whereas all the villains in this including hugo yeah i just they're too it's too it's too ratcheted up it's it's turned into kind of sunday matinee stuff yeah uh and a lot of that mystique is not there you know i think i i think if, if if that's the criticism of the aesthetic or the feel of the second two films is that it, it loses a lot of that mystery, which I guess yeah. is a natural byproduct of we, we know the what story. the Matrix is now and yeah. all the rest. But I, I still think you could make it still a bit more kind of um, show don't tell. Yeah, I, personally, I just feel like the action, uh, like I know in the first film he catches a helicopter, mm. right? Like, mm. but there's just I don't know. I just in some ways just need the action grounded a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. You know, it's just a little bit too fantastic. And I think that just gets back to what I was saying to you about him suddenly flying. It mm. was like, no, 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 like this is still technically what we think is the real world. Mm. And now he's flying? Like, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and all of this kind of happening. It just, as I say, know, it's it, still it, fun, but. Yeah, as I say, I, I think it goes back to that idea of this is Matrix 2.5. Yeah. Like, I just needed, like, a little bit of, uh, of kind of uh, escalation before we're screaming down a highway, jumping on the bonnet of cars, you know, like- samurai sorting petrol tanks. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> like, this escalated very fucking quickly. Very quickly. I feel like, uh, <laughs> like, I, I maybe, like, a something that would have been maybe, a. A good scene to have is maybe a little girl seeing Neo flying and then him looking at her and kind of blinking and her suddenly and then she's completely forgotten that that's happened. So that's how much he's controlling it because he knows that girl is going to wake up in a pod kind of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just just something that reminds us of the, the, what, what the stakes are in the so-called real world. And the burden of responsibility for yeah. him. That he, you, know, you can't just be fucking, you know, like that, that shot where um, Morpheus kicks the agent off the truck and it lands in the windscreen of a car. 
that's just some woman driving to work. And she, yeah. she's dead now. Like, she's like, dead. what did you do, Morpheus? Yeah. yeah, you just killed her. And, she, and now she's been shot yeah. out the poop shoot in yeah. the real world. And drowning and like going, what the fuck? <laughs> Why haven't yeah. I got any hair? What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, how do you feel about the mystical visions? Uh, of Neo seeing Trinity yeah. falling out of the... That's oh, fine. Yeah. You know. I'm fine with that as well. And I, I, I like that it's mystical, that it's not necessarily explained again. It's yeah. just kind of like, uh, you know... He he's knows got some, some stuff. He's got some shit going on. Um, when we meet the architect, uh, once again, uh, I didn't remember this scene as fondly as I do. Like, re-watching, I was mm. like, oh, this is really cool. Mm. I wonder if one of the things that kind of ruined it for me was apart from my inability to let go of the cave rave, but <laughs> was <laughs> key words for this episode <laughs> is cave rave. Um, was I think that scene was so like uh, visually stunning. Mm. I kind of remember that it was parodied a lot. Yes, it and was. I think uh, being unable to give up my desire to have the cave rave expunged from my memory and then seeing that parodied a lot i think i was a bit like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and then yeah, re-watching yeah. it this time i was like oh no this like this might be my favorite scene of the movie really? like him in there with all the different faces and the yeah, yeah, and the yeah. architect uh, explaining that this is the the sixth iteration yeah. like that was like I felt like it blew my mind more this time Mm-mm. than the first time that I saw it. Yeah, I think, um, look, I think people had the reaction to that is a twofold kind of thing of like people are, people reacted negatively because much like Neo does, that it's a complete destabilization of everything we've come to believe. Yeah. So there's that negative reaction. I do think the writing's a bit kind of like the way I would write an essay when I was 18. Like, ooh, look at all, look how smart I am. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm, you know, and I'm not like, don't use big words. Use big words. Yeah. But like, use big words in a way that doesn't sound like you're like, <laughs> right. check it out. Right. Uh, like, and I get it. He's a program and this is how he talks. But at the same time, it's like, wouldn't a program be a bit more concise in his language? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Would he, he be that verbose? Wouldn't he just be like, this is how it is, this is what it is? Well, surely he'd only be that verbose to keep him there to make sure. And also, does he not want the Matrix to be rebooted? Yeah, he does. And who even knows what he wants? Yeah. Because yeah, he lies. Because yeah. he flat yeah. out lies and says, if you if you go and save Trinity, it's going to cause a cataclysmic crash and everyone's yeah. going to die. Well, that's yeah. not true. That's not true um, at all. So that's him still playing his part yeah, to the fuck keep everything what he moving. Wants. I think, uh, I think the, part of the ambition of this film, which is a really grown-up ambition, mm. which is the fudging of good versus evil, mm. but the problem is in... It, in in the context of a movie, it's like, well, who who the fuck do I barrack for, and 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 how yeah. do I get right behind it? I think uh, there's there's certain sometimes you have to be a little bit traditional with storytelling mm. because once you kind of expand things like this, I'm sure people were just like, well, if this has happened six times, like I love that as a concept, yeah. but it's like. What is it? Yeah. Well, what does it mean? It's like, uh, you know, one of the things I'm finding fascinating is now that we are starting to explore the idea of multiverses in mm. TV and movies, the, 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 the main stumbling block with that as a concept mm. is that nothing matters. Yeah, that's right. Which oh, is, Superman's dead. We'll get Superman from Earth too. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what you're saying about the, uh, you know, the kind of 
dissolving of the boundary between goodies and baddies. I, I, I think that's the main reason these movies were so resoundingly rejected at the time. Yeah. That's a, and I actually think that that's the most revolutionary cool thing about these yes. movies in the yeah. end. Yeah. That, that is a profound statement to make in a multi-million dollar Hollywood blockbuster yeah. sequel to the most popular science fiction action film of all time that you can't, you know, as Grant Morrison says, you've got to fuck your demons. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't, you know, I mean, you know, and again, flashing forward to the very end or, you know, the line that um, Smith says when he's got a thousand of him jumping on Neo, it is inevitable. Yeah. He doesn't know what he means in that moment. Yeah. But we come to realize later in the at the end of the third film when Neo says, you were right, it was always inevitable. Yeah. It was always inevitable that, not that I had to let you beat me, that we had to assimilate each other. Yeah. You know, it's the only way yeah. that this can end. I yeah. can't just keep punching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, I think that's a profound idea, but it definitely was not well received uh, in, a, in an age where it was like, you can punch a fucking asteroid in the face and it'll fuck off. <laughs> Oh, is you know, that like you can't? Right, I'd give it a go. I'd give it a crack. Um, and by the way, I'm not fucking my demons, but I'm definitely giving it a a, a nice handy Maybe here give and there. Them some cuddles, go a little little cheeky finger. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> also uh, the the idea of things happening over and over and over again and nobody realizing it is you you know that uh, writer Graham Hancock. Uh, he, he's you know he's. I, I'm not saying that we should get behind Graham Hancock, but he has these hmm. uh, theories and these ideas where, you know, there's old maps that show you coastlines that never existed and things like that. And the idea that which iteration of humanity are we? Yeah. You know, like we've been around for 2000 years. Yep. Was there something like a million years ago where there was a version of us that Maybe. rose, uh, conquered, hmm. collapsed? Maybe if Maybe. we if we disappeared tomorrow, yeah, all of our stuff is digital. So in a million years, none of it is around. Oh, well, stone tablets will still be around, but none yeah. of our great fucking revelations yeah. of quantum physics and shit won't exist. Yeah, I mean, there's literally a project to um to print the internet. Oh. To print Wikipedia, to, right. to get a physical copy of it, just right. in case the fucking solar flare goes off and it's all wiped out. Well, you saw that thing in Hobart. Where the, there's the big black yeah. box in Hobart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, which is it's this big thing that's solar powered that's mm. collecting all the data on. It's, I have to be honest, when I read it, I had such a jolt of existential horrificness mm. because it was this box that's set up in Hobart to detail our downfall yeah. for future generations. Yeah, the black box of humanity. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. Like, have we just gotten to that point where we've given up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Right. I don't think we've given up. I think that there's... I think I do think a grim fatalism has kicked in. I think so, too. I, I really do. And that's... I, I get so... Uh, you know... Um, uh, some of my friends, like over the you know, over the past eighteen months or two years, uh, you know Greta Thunberg, and mm. they'll just say, ah, oh, just awful things about her. Mm. And there's always this part of me that's like, you know, she's a scared kid. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are we picking on a scared kid? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're not scared, you're out of your mind, or you're not paying attention, or you're distracted. But, oh, uh, there's a lot to be. <laughs> Oh my lord! Don't worry about it. Just plug your fucking VR helmet in and ignore it. Yeah, 
I'm also fascinated by the idea of that uh, Zion keeps getting destroyed. And yeah, see, I, I that's think a that's a weird thing. That's because I'm starting to lean into your theory that that's just another part of the Matrix. Yeah. And, and, and it makes it so much better if that's the case. It's well, just another part of the program. If they know where it is, why are they tunneling to find... Why, why do the machines need to find it every time? It's not like you can move a giant city to a completely different location. And even if they did, it would be the machines moving it to a different location so they'd know right. where it is all along. Right. And, and, and who rebuilds it? Right. You know, oh, you're going to pick 12 men and 12 women and they're going to rebuild Zion. What are you talking about? It's a giant multi-level city underground. Who are these people that are qualified to rebuild this city that's been destroyed? Right. That's insane. Right. No, it's not being rebuilt. The program goes, then it just rebuilds and the hole that the squids drilled to get there gets sealed back up and that's it. And they wipe the memories of all the squids that found it last time and they got to find it again and the game resets it'd be if we get to this new film and we discover that waking up in the pod isn't even Mm. real Mm. like that would be great i think there's going to be a lot of stuff explored in this new i hope i hope i have a lot of hope i think there's going to be a lot of exploration of the uh individual matrices that we're all stuck in through our screens yeah i think that's going to be a big theme of this one yeah um i've seen lana wachowski make a comment about that about how you know the liberation of the internet has showed such promise in the early 2000s but it turns out it's just another prison yeah uh so yeah I, i have a lot of hope that there's going to be some interesting juicy stuff it feels like a Essentially, what happens is that uh, everything that can lead to freedom eventually yeah. turns into something that traps you. Oh, right? uh, yeah, but it's 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 like political movements as well, you know. Right. You know, like yeah. the, the the oppressed become the oppressor. Yeah. You know, the victim becomes the victimizer. Yeah. You know, it's a question of power. Yeah. And control. You know, there, there's no there's no pure person or group of people or ideology that is going to ascend to the throne and be fucking great. Yeah. You know, there was only one, they call it, I can't remember if he's a Bavarian king or some European king uh, who was called the Kind King. That was his nickname. Right. Uh, And he was like a kind king. And he is notable in history because he was the only one. Right, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, there wasn't a lineage of kind kings. Yeah. It's not like everyone was like, oh, yeah, what a great lesson we learned from the kind king. Let's carry that philosophy on. No. Some other prick got in there and was like, fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm on my sleigh. I'm going to crush you. You Did the kind king create Bavarian cake? Was that what he did? Yeah, Bavarian cheese. Isn't Bavarian cheesecake? Maybe it is. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. maybe that was the the king after him. There was the kind (laughs) king and there was the cake king. And then there was the cockhead king, which uh, there was a long lineage. Uh, Quick question. Why can Neo disable the machines in the real world? Because he's in the Matrix. Because he's in the Matrix. (laughs) Right. See? Suddenly, I'm liking this heaps more. Yeah. Well, I mean, that never made sense to me when the first time I saw it. Yeah. Unless, unless the movie is going down a path of like true kind of, um, uh, uh, singularity. Like singularity or, or, you know, like, uh, magical abilities. Like, right. I mean, if, if, if they are in the real world, well, then he has, he, he's, he's a, he's a wizard. Right. He has magical powers. Yeah. Cause he stopped a robot with his hands yeah. and now he can see them as beings of light. Yeah. So there's some kind of, you know, or it's a great metaphor for, you know, unification and on and on and on. But I, I, I think he's in, I think it's another level of the matrix. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. I like it so much better. I mean, it opens up a whole lot of questions. 
Like, what's what's the pod on the other side of that matrix? Right. Yeah. No, I like, know what's going on. Maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. You know, it's 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 very interesting. Yeah. Um. Some. Oh, and just finally uh, about the movie. How do you feel about that final scene? I reckon. So I was having this uh, discussion online. The uh, final scene with a. Well, it's it's a. It's a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It literally ends on that. Yeah, and I just... uh, I I have real issues with that kind of stuff. I have real issues with having to understand other things to Mm. uh, make sense of what's going on. Yeah. Like, things should be Easter eggs. Yes. So, if you, like... So in uh, so I've been really enjoying Hawkeye. It's, been, it's just been fun, and in the latest episode, ended up in this fight, and then it, suddenly Hawkeye uh, rips off this mask, and it's Florence Pugh, and and uh, he turns around and uh, says to young Kate, "This has just gotten serious because a Black Widow's involved." Yeah. And if you just watched Hawkeye. You go, oh shit! It's a Black Widow. Oh, it's Florence Pugh. All right, this has, has gotten serious. But if you've seen the Black Widow movie, you know that she's been sent on this yeah, mission. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't need to see it to know. You didn't need to see that. Yeah. But if you go and look, you get a little bit extra. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's how things should work. I hate having to understand other things to make sense of what's going on in this, and I hate. I it. I just think it's a bummer of an ending which i think also mm. reverberates throughout the film mm. i feel like it needed a definitive ending mm. and then later on you can say hang on isn't that guy still on the ship do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah 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 and look it's it's definitely kind of i mean it's definitely like the the two movies are one movie and it's just been you know split someone's got a one of those old guillotines that you chop yeah. a4 paper off with just yeah. shunk down yeah. the middle and gone all right that's the point where we cut it yeah. in half um i think it's bad storytelling it's not great storytelling i forgive it in the context of the ambition that these movies were released in, mm. in conjunction with the game and the yeah and all that look i don't think it necessarily works uh but I think uh, at the time the Wachowskis were trying to dismantle a mode of storytelling yep. and create something new. And yep. for that, I'll take two movies that have weird kind of bisection in the middle. That, yeah. Well, uh, but yes, I agree. The storytelling is not great. Yeah, um, it, it should have had, you know, and, you know, there's a better image to end on than a close up of some stranger's face. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it it just it just doesn't feel like an ending. No. And even if you know the the next movie's just around the corner, I think you should leave the cinema with a. With well, a, I remember everyone a, being like, there was a there was a like yeah. an audible reaction in the cinema. Yeah. Like, ah. and I reckon I reckon that is, and I reckon you know that's why you get a negative uh, feeling to this movie, and mm. then. It's why the third film financially doesn't do as well as the second mm-hmm. one because there's a, a level of all. I should want to see the next film. I shouldn't have to see the next film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, the the Lord of the Rings movies do it perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when each, they, film, each film ends and yeah. it feels it's an ending. Yeah. Like and you are really like I mean I still remember that like are you kidding a year yeah. I gotta wait a year yeah but it still felt like a meal yeah well yeah. Infinity War yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know that you... But yeah. it finishes in a way where you go, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see this film. Not I have to. But like I could have just finished there and gone. Well, the MCU really finished on a downer, but <laughs> but it was a definitive ending. Yeah, it's a, you yeah, know totally. Um, segment who and how? Oh Which Lord. character do you think you would be, and how would you react in their place? Um, the the woman eating the cake, <laughs> just. Just jizzing everywhere. Oh, mate. some sweet cake. Mate, we've got to reboot the Matrix. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's messed it up, mate. He's messed it up. I'm going to Pites in after this. Mate. <laughs> I'm getting some cherry pie. Yeah, all right, but don't call me. Like, uh, you enjoy it on your own. <laughs> uh, I'd be kid. I, I think I think I'd be like I think Neo is Neato, and then he stops being friends with me because I use the word Neato, and I think I die falling off a railing before the machines attack because I'm so sad and not paying attention. <laughs> that, that's what happens to Kid, me. That's a that's a performance uh, segment. Zero charisma. Yeah. Any? Oh, everyone in Zion. Right. Everyone in Zion. Right. Bloody tough um, time for Zion. Commander Locke. Jesus. Awful. Awful. Um. I'll, I'll forgive the old senator. He's all right, I guess. Uh, also, like, why is there an old senator? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah <laughs> well, the council of elders. But also, I don't. I'm no fan of the dude that replaces um, Tank and Dozer oh. on the ship. Oh yeah, uh, uh, he was from Harold, Oz. I can't remember his name. Harold uh, Perno. He was also in Lost. And if anyone was oh. a fan of Lost, uh, this will send chills through your bones as I go. Walt! Walt! Because that was his son who he just said Walt over and over uh, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just... <laughs> and, and you know the story of, like, because I think the guy that played Tank or Dozer, I can't remember which character is Tank, uh, he got all cocky after the first Matrix and apparently demanded more money than he was worth to right. be in the second. And it's like, bro, you don't have a lot going for you right now career-wise. Just be in the second Matrix, buddy. Just be in the second Matrix. What are and you? the third, because if you're and in the... Yeah, if, just like, what are you, what are you doing? If, if you're in insane. the second, you're in the That's third. It's insane, like, trying to leverage your power and, like, ending well, up is, losing the role. So is that his fault or is that bad management? Well, who, whatever, whoever. Whatever yeah. happened, but it was supposed to be the guy from the original Matrix. It's like... Oh my god! And what so a, then, and again, downer. it's all these things where they have to start inserting because of stuff like that. All of a sudden, it's like there's this whole story about you know, oh, you know, you remember what happened to my brother Tank and Do- like all this like exposition about yeah. shit that we haven't seen. Again, it adds to that thing of like this is the Matrix two point five. A whole, yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. bunch of shits happened. Yeah, in between. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying Tank was like a beloved character from the first movie, but he's part of the team. He's important. He's important, and he has some great moments in that first movie. Yeah. Um. You know, and all of a sudden he's gone, and it's anyway, whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. But no. I, zero charisma. I think honestly. Virtually everyone in this film has a charisma issue other than um, Neo. And Trinity. And Trinity. She's fucking uh, But Morpheus's charisma mate, bottoms he, out. Mate, he, he pops too many red and blue pills <laughs> at the K-Brave and suddenly it's like, you know, it's like the person that you've always thought was really good and cool. Suddenly yeah. you're at this rave with them and they're, they're like, hey, man, do you feel like a hug? And it's like, no, because no. you've just ruined everything that's great about you. Go back to the cave. Uh, I'm Niobe. Matt's, uh, Dianobi's not. It's, it's not good. I know uh, our friend Alexi pushes back against that. But oh, he likes Niobe. He's incorrect. That's all right. Well, he's, cr- just he's correct one, for him. It's correct for him. <laughs> but he, yeah. but he's incorrect. <laughs> um, 
Remind me to tell him that we've said this. Oh, no. dude. Then you'll have to issue an apology on the next podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not getting too far. Like, Craig, Craig got one. I'm not dishing them out willy-nilly. <laughs> one, one a decade. One every 20 years. Right. Well, yeah, that, that'll do. Um, better or worse? <laughs> ruin or improve the movie with one decision? Oh, I've talked it- about it. Get rid of Zion. Oh, yeah, so that's how you improve yeah, it? 100%. Yeah, 100%. So you just keep it more in the Matrix, right? And well, less yeah. in less in the in so-called in real world? Well, even, even if it's just more on the ship, just I don't need to, like, yeah. I don't need all that Zion stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind there being some other people, mm. but it just needs to be a little more ragtag, Contained. a little less, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 things yeah. don't look too bad then, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. honest. And this, and this will become a huge issue in the next movie. Yeah. A huge issue. Uh, this is how I. This is how I would have uh, improved the movie. I would have started with the cave rave and kept it going throughout the whole film, with the movie returning to it every fifteen minutes. Oh. <laughs> I would have doubled down. <laughs> I would have had. I just would have had them all having a good time in the cave and saying, "Oh yeah, do you remember when Agent Smith?" Uh, turned out to be heaps of them and he goes oh yeah then we see that little fight scene back to the rave they're having a good time <laughs> okay your segment where are we now how yeah. close are we to the technology in the film and this is from an article at interestingengineering.com by mm. trevor english this is about uh, artificial general intelligence that is where a machine has the capacity to understand or learn intellectual tasks to the aptitude that humans can. Most AIs today are highly specialized. Computer programmers and scientists utilize machine learning algorithms to develop specialized AIs, which makes them as good, if not better, than humans at one specific task, mm. like playing chess. Mm. Recent advances in AI and machine learning have created a sense that AGI is close, maybe a matter of years or decades away. Some of the biggest advancements in AI have been artificial neural networks, which are technologists' way of mimicking the way that human brains work with code. Mm. Defining intelligence, though, is hard because humans have multiple forms of intelligence, including the ability to problem-solve and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Never met some of the comedians we know. Machine AIs are around the same level as a four-year-old toddler when it comes to IQ tests. Emotional intelligence, though, is going to be the harder task for AGI to conquer because emotions are fluid and inexact. So as an example, if someone waves a white flag in battle, a computer might recognize it as a white flag waving, but our emotional intelligence gives us context and understanding that the white flag is a call for surrender. Uh, So true intelligence incorporates the ability to interpret and read between the lines. They are making progress with this, though, and there are algorithms that bring us closer to AIs that can talk and sound like us on the surface. Google Home and Amazon Alexa are giant data pools that allow programmers to design better AIs. What better way to teach a computer how to talk than by putting it in humans' homes and telling the humans to talk to it? By the way, I just want to bet with myself. I made, when I was researching this and I was putting this all together, I made a bet with myself that at that exact moment, you would put your head in your hand. And I have just (laughs) won. I have, I don't know what I've won. But I fucking won, and I feel great. Uh, I feel great because I'm ignoring this awful news, and I'm celebrating. By the way, this is the seventh time we've had this conversation, so I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) I am the architect. What a suicidal species we are. I'm willing to contribute to the complete demise of civilization if it makes it easier to get an Amazon package sent to me without having to stand up and put it into a computer. Hey, Alexa. Mom. 
Check my voice. Make a map of my face. How much more convenient is it not having to press four buttons on your phone to put a password in when it just scans your face? How great is it just having AI and the worst companies of all time scanning your fucking face? That's great. So good. Convenience. Sorry. Continue. Ben's had a day, people. And, uh, I have had a day. And that is uh, <laughs> the moment that it came out. So data is key to developing AI. Does that mean an AI can achieve consciousness? One thing that defines human consciousness is the ability to recall memories and dream about the future. If a machine could do this, then we might define it as having artificial general intelligence. Mm. Dreams are superfluous to logical life, yet they define our existence as humans. If a computer could dream for itself, not because it was programmed to, this might be the biggest indicator that AGI is here. Experts predict the first rough artificial intelligence will be created around 2030. They also predict it won't be until 2060 that they'll be able to pass the consciousness test. Isn't it interesting that this shifted because it, they, people always used to talk about the Turing test. Right. But AI passed the Turing test a long time ago. Long time ago. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah. And that was the real marker of like, yeah. oh, we're going to be in big trouble when they pass the Turing test. Mate, have you seen when they <laughs> like program dream, like uh, you get an algorithm to dream and then they print it up? On and Google Deep Dream. Oh, my Lord. It is outrageous. That is what true... Uh, hallucinogenic drugs do to vision. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I've never, like, it's unbelievable that a program can simulate it. It's terrifying. It's as terrifying. Well. It's like, yeah. man. Yeah. If they're having dreams like that, yeah. who knows what's next? Anyway. Oh, I know what's next. I thought you would. Uh, bye bye, everybody. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate all of that. Uh, I do think that that is ultimately our role, uh, will be our evolutionary role on this planet. We will give birth to. The next. the next version yeah. of whatever that yeah. will supersede us. Yeah, and then like in like uh, two thousand years time, there'll be this uh, machine version of Pixar where there'll be this cute little thing of humans running around going, "Oh yeah, look at us all having a good time." Oh no, look, they've got humans talking. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Segment sum it up. What does this movie mean to you? For me, it was more. A lot more fun than I remembered. Mm. So much more fun. I enjoyed this film mm. so much more, even with the cave rave. Yes. Look, I think it's a great time. As, as I said at the beginning, uh, there's too much good stuff in it to dismiss it wholesale. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I, it doesn't need to exist, but I'm glad it does. Yeah. Uh, some squid bits. Uh, I'm going to just do a reminder after oh, yeah. the first one that we did, which is there's been so much reporting on the Matrix. This this squid bits could have been a segment on its uh -huh. own. So I've just kind of kept it to uh -huh. a, a rough number of points for us. Uh, Merovingian comes from the Merovingian dynasty. They were the ruling family of the Franks from the middle of the 5th century until 751. They first appear as kings of the Franks in the Roman army for Northern Gaul by 509 they had united all the Franks and Northern Gaulish Romans under their rule uh, and then they made little, little sausages as well didn't they <laughs> um, the movie earned a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records for the widest print run of any movie really yeah they oh, wow. do do you want to take a guess at how many copies of the film they sent to movie theatres worldwide a million. Oh no uh, 8,500. Oh, that doesn't sound like a lot at all. Really? Like physical. Physical. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Um, 
<laughs> when, when you went to a million, so, oh, well, 8,500 is <laughs> not as impressive as it was. Uh, the highway chase scene doesn't take place on a real highway. No, I know. It's oh, crazy, isn't mm. it? Most films request permission from a state or city to use roadways, but the production built the highway we yeah. see in the movie from scratch. It was one and a half miles of asphalt constructed on a decommissioned Navy base in Almeda. When the movie was done filming, the entire highway was destroyed. Mm. General Motors donated 300 cars which were destroyed during and after production was complete. The Navy base was used... It's excessive, isn't it? Let's build a highway and destroy 300 cars. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you know, maybe those bits were used for other things. Outrageous. Um, look, I find it... Yes. Yes, but also... No, it's, it's, I'm not saying... Yeah. There's no judgment call. It's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. General Motors like, as holy well. moly. Um, that Navy base that was used by the show Mythbusters to test the impact between two semis. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw the movie in theatres, if you looked at the billboards during the chase sequence, there were hexadecimal codes written on the billboards along the highway. These were cheat codes for the companion video game, huh. Enter the Matrix. You used the codes in conjunction with a hacking minigame within... Enter the Matrix to activate the cheat codes. For later releases, including theatre and DVD, etc., the billboards were changed to actual advertisements. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, right. No. Did you play the game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played... I, this was like full-blown Matrix obsession time for me yes. when that yeah. came out. Yeah, no, I played the game. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, you were rewarded uh, when you finished the game with um, scenes of Neo that weren't in the movie. Oh, They're probably yeah, all right. on YouTube now. Right, I, I right. wouldn't have any idea. I can't even remember what happened. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nona Gay, the daughter of Marvin Gay, plays the role of Z in the movie. This role was supposed mm. to go to Alia, who had filmed some scenes already but lost her life mm. in a plane crash in 2001, not September 11, by the way. Mm. Uh, after filming was completed, the sets were torn down and the materials were donated to build low-income housing in Mexico. Roughly 97% of the material was reused. Oh, that's great. There you go. I... I had, that's what I was getting to because uh, I was like, oh, I think there's something and then I forgot that yeah, that was yeah, in yeah. there. Uh, how many days did it take to shoot the Agent Smith fight scene? And don't say a million. No, no, no. It's really long. Yeah. It's uh, like 25 days. 27. 27 days, yeah. Do you know how many Agent Smiths he fights in the scene? A hundred. Yeah, it says eighty here. Oh, okay, but yeah, like so, yeah. like twenty-seven days yeah, just yeah, for yeah. that. It's huge, yeah, but, that, yeah. but it's worth it. I oh, do. There's some great DVD features on, yeah. on the um on the making of. Yeah, yeah. There's that's what I mean. I yeah. could have been. Yeah, this could have gone forever. Uh, all the major stars were injured making this film. Mm-hmm. Moss broke her leg while training for a wire stunt and was on crutches for six weeks. Keanu had a minor foot injury that had a cast on it for some time. Fishburne broke his arm while training and weaving throughout a disc in his neck when he jerked back unexpectedly on a wire. Jesus. That's the Christ. worst that's injury. The, yeah, that's yeah, the worst yeah. one. Jesus. Brutal. That's, that's full on, isn't it? Uh, Seraph was created and written specifically for Jet Li. He turned down the role because he wanted as much money as Keanu was being paid. The role was changed to a woman and offered to Michelle Yeoh, mm. who also turned it down, but only because of scheduling conflicts. Gloria Foster, who plays the Oracle, died of complications with diabetes, uh-huh. and that is why she was replaced for the third film. Uh-huh. Sean Connery turned down the role of the architect because he didn't understand the concept of the movie. Yeah. That's Will Smith and Sean Connery. I know. <laughs> Fascinating, right? Um, Egypt. 
banned the movie because it explicitly handles the issue of existence and creating, which are related to the three divine religions which we all respect and believe in. Yes. They were afraid that the film might cause troubles. Right. A lot uh, of faith in your religion if you think that a movie about a guy flying around in a computer game is going to dismantle your religion. But anyway. It's a big film. Yeah, no, I get it's it. a big film. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe all the people in charge of those religions like read a lot of variety. <laughs> you know? Uh, Lana. It's, so it was, I've, I've always thought it was Wachowski, but is it Wachowski? I've, I've always heard it as Wachowski. Okay. Lana believes that people didn't like the sequel because what they were trying to achieve with the story was an overall shift. The first movie was seen as a sort of classical approach. The second movie is deconstructional and a, an assault on all the things thought to be true in the first mm. film, which it is. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And I agree I agree partially with that. Yeah. yeah. I think there's other flaws to the, that people don't like, but yeah. yes, I do think that's a big part of what people don't like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it, it, it's a lot. Yeah. Like, for, it, it, in a sense, it's probably 20 years ahead of its time. 100%. Like this, this, that concept coming after when we've just had a run of... Um, Breaking Bad, Mad yeah, Men, yeah. you know, all of that stuff, The Sopranos, yeah. like, we're, we're kind of uh, intellectually a little bit more savvy when it comes to those things, totally. and I think we would have been into it. Uh, a, re- a number of references make their way into Reloaded, both biblical and referring back to the first movie. When Agent Smith rolls up in the Audi, the license plate reads IS5416, which speaks to Isaiah 5416 in Bible. The verse says, Behold! I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. Outstanding. So, so I was trying to... I was trying to channel my inner cave rave Morpheus for you. <laughs> um, when Trinity hacks her way into the Matrix, she uses a real-world hacking tool. The technical name is an NMAP version 2.54 beta 2.5 when the keymaker tells Neo that he must knock out 27 blocks of power and will have 314 seconds before power reroutes. This references the 27th book of the New Testament, Revelations, chapter 3, verse 14. The two freeways mentioned 101 and 303 are Neo's apartment number and hotel room, respectively. And that brings us to the end of The Matrix Reloaded. And, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, Like a nice thing to kind of realise that you uh, actually enjoy it more. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I say that to a lot of people that poo-poo it, uh, you know, but it is worth reviewing on a rainy Sunday afternoon if you've got nothing better to do. It's, uh, well, it's good stuff there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff and it's, it's amazing how a narrative attaches itself to an experience and then everyone just takes it for granted. Totally. But, you know, one of the reasons we do this is that you go back and you watch it and Mm. you reevaluate or you remember and you suddenly go, oh, well, this is, this is just great. Yeah. So I'm looking, I actually am very much looking forward to our next conversation because I think that there is, Revolutions gets a lot of shit, more than Reloaded. Yes. Uh, And I think that there's some really good stuff in the next one. Yes. There's some really good stuff to discuss, but, there's not as many scenes to be yes. wowed by. Totally, that's that's the that's where the balance is at. Like yeah. this one with the Agent Smith fight, mm-hmm. and the as I said, the the visual 
uh, brilliance of the architect, yeah. you know, and all of that is just so mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the third one doesn't quite have that, but still some interesting things to dig into. And we will be back with that. And also remember, if you're on the Patreon, you will get our thoughts on the Animatrix as well. So we will be back very soon. Thank you to my pal Ben Elwood and between you and me, he's working on his own podcast project at the moment with a very incredibly talented friend of ours, Sean, who is producing and it's going to be something else. Like I'm really excited for what they have planned. So keep an ear and an eye out for that in early 2022. I might even get Ben to, just before it comes out, to talk about the project and give you a little taste of it. So uh, we'll do that here at uh, this feed. And yeah, it's going to be something. So uh, it's very exciting. Very exciting, especially with some of the crazy-ass plans they have uh, already in motion for it. Uh, Thank you also to our Patreon subscriber of the episode, Pam. I hope you enjoy today's episode and make sure you access the Total Reboot Big Squid Patreon crossover. This is like Clapton playing with the Beatles on While My Guitar Gently Weeps. It really is that monumental. The kids are talking about it. They can't can't believe it's finally happened. (laughs) Let's finish today with a quote from Joe Pantoliano, Cypher himself, with a quote that made me laugh, especially if you know the movie he's talking about. Joe said, When I got the script for Memento, I read it and I got killed off on page one and I fired my agent. (laughs) I hope he reinstated him after he got to page two. (laughs) Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.